Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Welcome to another Did You America? I'm Ian Canfield. He's Jeremy Hoffman. This is season two, episode we don't know. Oh, hang on. Jeremy raised his hand as if he's in kindergarten. Oh, no. I was just going to say numbers excitedly. I don't know the actual number. Okay. Numbers. Right. Good. Don't worry. We'll take that bit out in the edit. It'll sound fine. Beautiful. <laughs> hey, um, don't get excited because there's no way that we're going to do some sort of uh, combination um, thing here. But um, I have a, a friend staying with me for a few days um, in the apartment. And while we record this podcast from my kitchen table in my spare room, she is recording a podcast with Reese Witherspoon slightly more impressive than doing this podcast with me it's when uh, you get to meet my friends uh, who I used to work with in the UK when they come to visit you realize how much of an underachiever I am (laughs) like I worked on radio in the UK I'm now here in the great state of Texas I'm very proud of that but we are here uh, recording a podcast uh, from my kitchen table where we just talk about stuff and you know hopefully entertain a few people she worked for the BBC she's in my spare room on a zoom call with with Reese Witherspoon. Well, you know, luckily for her, Reese slightly more talented than me, but lucky for you, uh, I'm more attractive. <laughs> I mean, I did say, are you sure she doesn't? Because she's doing um, is some like podcast called like Powerful Women or something like that. And I, I said, could do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I let women dominate me on the reg. <laughs> See, this is probably why my friend was like, no, we don't want to bring her into this. She doesn't want to collab. <laughs> I was like, well, what about if we extend it to powerful women who love Iron Maiden? <laughs> I said, you, it's don't, beautiful. you don't know. Reese Witherspoon may really enjoy watching Columbo rerun. rerun. She could get down with this podcast. I think they would love cock talk on powerful women. <laughs> right. We do cock talk. What's better? <laughs> what you're saying now? You're saying Reese Witherspoon is too good for cock for cock talk. <laughs> so yeah, that's been my uh, my 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 day so far. Uh, going out for brunch and be like, now what's the time? Because I've got to get back for Reese Witherspoon. I'm like, all right, stop it. You don't need to bring such showbiz to Oaklawn. Everyone heard. Yeah, Jeremy has a schedule too. <laughs> I was like, Jeremy needs to meet his pot dealer at four. So you know, everyone, everyone, calm down. He's right? coming to me. You, you've got a Reese Witherspoon podcast. He's got a drug deal. <laughs> That's how we roll. It's kind of our thing. Let's start with some good news. Uh, here's uh, an example as to why flags are a great thing. Did you see the fans? Was it in Miami? Yeah, the college football game. It was awesome. Now, 
again, I don't mean to be controversial and ask a question that, you know, is maybe disrespectful to college football, but is the falling cat from the stand being saved by an American flag the most exciting thing that's happened in college football this season? Honestly, like, it really was the perfect thing to happen 20 years after 9-11, if you ask me. It was on the anniversary. Great use of an American flag. Also, never hit the ground so they don't have to burn it. You know, they'll just have to, like, get one of those hair (laughs) remover things and brush it a few times. (laughs) Right. The other best part about when they caught the cat, then they held it up like the Lion King, and the cat only kind of went nuts from the crowd going nuts. Like, he kind of stood still like, oh, my life is saved, and then scattered away because he's like, I'm a cat, and all these people are yelling. Yeah, and with cats, because the thing is, I I mean, cats do, in my experience, show a tremendous lack of gratitude. Like, if you've owned a cat, I know lots of people that have had cats, and they love them, but those cats are little bastards. I mean, they're not like when people have dogs, and they train their dogs, and no one ever said that a cat is a man's best friend, right? Right. Because generally, a cat wants to do stuff with its owner. It's literally everything is on a cat's terms. I know people who've got cats, and those cats run their house more than the humans oh, do. Oh, for sure. So that cat, so I don't know how it got up there, but somehow it was it was on the stands, and people were like, oh my God, there's a cat there. It was clinging onto something. It was going to fall, and it fell into the flag. And then, you know, they held it up like it was like some sort of victory. Right. I'm betting the cat's head was like, all right, you fuckers, put me down. Like, I don't want to be around you people. Yeah. So, yeah, oh, you held course. out your flag. And it was, you know, it was a great viral moment. It was really cool. But, like, I'm, I'm going to poop on the party just a little bit. A, they probably shouldn't have touched that cat because that was a street cat. It definitely was riddled with diseases. And the other thing, you know, everyone's always like, oh, they saved the cat. They saved its life. That's incredible. Cats always land on their feet i've seen cats take that fall plenty of times and they're fine they're Mm. always fine after Mm. so everyone's acting like they did such a heroic thing if it was a dog that would have been heroic they Mm. can't they they never land on their feet Mm. you on the other hand if it was a dog you would have been tackling the people out of the way like get (laughs) let it fall Yeah, probably. I certainly wouldn't have been uh, wouldn't have been holding up. So there you go. There's an excellent use for flags. You know, I'm a big fan of flags. I mean, I'm the person that when I first came to the great state of Texas to uh, to they flew me out to interview for a job. The thing that occurred to me was. <gasps> There's more flags here than ever. But even before it was confirmed that I was going to move to Texas, at the airport on the way back to Arizona, where I was living at the time, I spent $95 on Texas flag paraphernalia. This is before I even knew <laughs> All that. All the clothing you can buy. I literally went to, I, they had, you know, one of those, like, might as well be called Texas Tad. I think they call it Texas Treasures, but yeah, it could that, be that's, called. That's absolutely the name of the store. If you're a tourist, it's called Texas Treasures. If you're a Texas resident, it's called Texas Tad in, in your <laughs> Head. They had like a pop-up version of that at um, Lovefield Airport, and I was like, right, I want the, this and that and blah 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 blah. But, but I and, and you know, you come to Texas because everything is very patriotic. I've never seen like my friend Sam, who's visiting at the moment. She actually, although she's a Brit, she lives in Arizona now. And we were driving around today this morning, so I could show her some places. And she's like, wow just flags everywhere and I, I said you know it doesn't even register with me now because I've been here nearly two years but when you know when I first arrived and uh, had a 15 minute journey from the airport to the the hotel that I was staying at when I, when I came out for an interview I was I mean I, I was sold on the idea that I wanted to live in Texas when uh, I think it was a cab driver because I commented on how many uh, flags there were 
And he told me that legally, Texas is the only state that's allowed to fly its state flag at the same height as the American flag. And I was like, I am fucking in. I never heard that, but I absolutely believe it. As legal, it's, it's true. Also, it's- you know what I love is you've now grown to know me so well that you traveled around DFW looking for, you know, landmarks, stuff to show your friend. And never once did you text me and ask like where should i go what's something cool you know there's no way i know you don't know where anything is i still don't know you're someone who's lived here for almost your entire life all but three years right so you've been here for nearly 30 years now and you still don't know where anything is everyone if i'm not coming here from my house I have to put your address in my phone. Yeah, but that's a th- that could be a lack of direction thing. Lots of people have that. But that's, but, but, that but, goes into it. I don't know where I am ever. So, like, how am I going to remember where anything but is? But you literally don't know where anything is. No. Like, I don't, it, it's like you, do, I've asked it's you. there. I've asked you, like, where places are, and you've got no concept whatsoever. Sometimes, like, people will ask me where stuff is that I actually do know, and I'll just kind of, like, point randomly and then they'll tell me like it you just pointed east that like it's completely to south like there's nowhere near where that place is right now so i just kind of like i figure it out if the if the cool lady on the phone isn't telling me i just kind of ignore it (laughs) all right another uh, anecdotal story that uh, caught my eye over the weekend was um something on uh, tiktok about the new way to cut an english muffin and it's with a fork now, what exactly is like? What is an English muffin? It's like a bread thing, right? Well, th- there is a very. It's not really like a delicious muffin like we have here, like a breakfast treat. It's complicated here because you deal with, like in England, biscuits are more like cookies. So when I first came to America, and someone said that, well, you can have um, sausage and biscuits or biscuits and gravy and gravy is a completely different thing it's like pasta sauce right no that's on the east coast no it's like uh you have it with meat it's brown and you would have it with like chicken or lamb oh yeah we have brown gravy too yeah but you have like white gravy i still haven't even figured that out like it's i i don't and biscuits biscuits are cookies in in chitsville whereas here uh so a muffin an english muffin is like a um uh, it's kind of like a biscuit, but like not as flaky. Do you know what a scone is? Yeah, but it's not sweet. Aren't scones normally sweet? See, my thing is, is the best breakfast foods are pretty much dessert. And so if you get like a nice chocolate muffin or even, you know, a blueberry muffin, it doesn't have to be that fattening. It's still fattening. It's covered in sugar. That's forever going to trump the dry biscuit. Right. And that's that's an English muffin to me. It's just a dry biscuit and not the cool cookies kind. Cookies are delicious. So the thing with this TikTok video is I guess someone's using a knife to to uh, to cut open an English muffin and you're supposed to be using a fork and you shouldn't use a knife because it cuts the nooks and crannies wrong and you can apparently ruin your entire English muffin eating experience. But here's the the, the thing, because I'm not particularly into like biscuits, muffins, but I don't dislike them, but I could quite e- easily live without them, right? Here's the thing, and this is something that Americans just don't get. Sometimes I go out to dinner and Americans look at me as if I'm in some way handicapped 
because of the way that I'm cutting my food. And this is what, like, you just don't, if you have like your, your knife and your fork and you're supposed to, like, put the, 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 the fork into something and then you scoop the food up onto the fork using the knife and you eat it, like, it's the certain way. And I, do you see you're looking at me like, you've no idea what I've just described, have you? No. You just... You just stab something with the fork yeah. and cut it with the knife. I've never or once you noticed he, or how you someone turn, eats. You turn, you turn, you turn the 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 fork up the other way and pile it on. To be honest, like, I've never, fo- I've never thought about how I do it. I just do it. You use the fork with Hold the on. spoon, and and to be to be to be honest, and this is me coming as America's biggest fan. If possible, Americans will eat without any cutleries if they're Neanderthal man and just eat it with their hands and shove it in their face. I call that man style when you don't have any clean silverware, so you just pick up the steak and okay, eat it like so a caveman. A British person would extend that to Neanderthal man. Yeah. You, 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 right. I mean, you don't have to be racist about it. <laughs> Because the one time, stand by for the name to drop here. All right. The one time I had lunch with Judge Judy. Bloop. Because I went to be on uh, to see the filming of one of her shows that my friends worked on, and then we went and had lunch in catering, and she just came down and sat with us. She was, and she's very little, so she was. I'm like, do you need a high chair? And, um, <laughs> and she did. She pretty much. Um, I think she did have a cushion. I mean, she's a very little lady in uh, in in real life, and she was looking around the table, and uh, I got introduced to her, and she looked at me, and she went, "Congratulations, you eat properly," and it's about the. But like, okay, so I literally have to mind myself doing here. When I use a fork and knife, it's simply just like a cut and lift up. It's not like a whole like mashing and scooping dilemma that you're discussing here. Like I'm just trying to get a piece, stab it with the fork so it stays on the fork and then get it to my mouth as fast as possible. Right. Is that not proper? No, 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 no. You're supposed to put the fork in and then you're supposed to have the fork a certain way around and then you have to put like, see, Americans turn the fork the other way as if it would be a spoon and then heap the thing on. You've got you to know, keep it the, uh, facing stop, the other way. Stop right there. You know why America is significantly better than England? Is <laughs> yeah. because never once has anyone cared about how you fucking eat. <laughs> well, this is not true because I once went to a restaurant that was a burger place like good burgers but not particularly high end or whatever but one of those places where like they're serving up half a cow in a barn right there's a a lot to contend with this is America it's not confusing I know right so but I went there and and, uh, and I was there for I don't know maybe there was a table of six of us right right and um they get, they come around and bring the food and everything, and uh, there was conversation going on around the table. I was just like listening to it, and I went to take a knife and fork to my half a cow in a bun, right? And um, and I put the right, and I could feel the eyes of the entire table. It's like the conversation died down. They were t- as I say, they were talking about the cowboys. There was a football conversation going on. Five other people around the table, and it all just died. And I looked up and. Everyone was looking at me as I put my... And they went, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You would have thought I just take a, took a shit on that chair in the, in the restaurant. That has nothing to do with the way you were eating. You start cutting a hamburger with a knife and fork, the terrorists win. <laughs> that was basically the vibe that I was getting. For, they went, you can, You're allowed to cut it in half. One cut. One cut. If it's like one of these monster burgers with like crazy amounts of stuff on, I will accept... A one half cut. You're a bitch for doing it, but I accept it. 
But if you're going to, if just the thought that he might, because you're a foreigner, that's what they were confused about. They didn't want to give you the chance to see what you did. They were just assuming you were going to start eating the burger with the knife and fork. That's a big no, no. Right. But that's what I love because they literally were like, you, you get to cut it once. <laughs> they literally were like, like, well, I, I, I like, and I felt so like, intense. I felt like, literally, I was like, I thought that we were in a completely different scenario when they basically go, you get one shot, you've right. got one bullet. It was like that kind of That's level. That's like in the old Western when the barn door swings open, uh, everyone scurries uh, off. This, like you it, had that moment. It, it, exactly. And, 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 and I went, what? And they said, are you about to eat that with a knife and fork? This is the most un-American thing that you will ever, ever do. <laughs> and one of the people around the table said, you get to cut it once. Yeah, Absolutely. I was unaware. And I said, like, and they, I went to my wall, you know, there was this one time I, they were like, Judge Judy, fuck off. You get to cut it. <laughs> I don't care what you think Judge Judy said to you about eating whatever you were eating and catering. This burger takes one cut and that's it. How? Then you eat it with your hands. And then they went, if you were about to stick a fork in that pile of fries, yeah, there you go. you'd be on the street. I was just about to ask. You don't eat French fries with a fork, do you? No, well, I knew I wasn't. But the, but the burger. If I, it wasn't for that moment, though, would you have? I have in the past. Oh my! Now, when you did, was like those fries covered in like a mound of like cheese and sauce and jalapenos and like craziness. Remember. I can't remember because I didn't used to think about like how. The hey man, ju- you're the one judging uh, how other people to, use to, a knife to, to and be, fork. To be honest, now anytime I go to a restaurant and I'm about to eat a burger, if I think I'm now one cut, you get one, one slice. Right. I get that, but I feel like I'm about to throw out first pitch. I feel like I've got <laughs> that amount of attention on right. me because I'm still so shell shocked from the you know six way argument chat about the cowboys. Blah blah blah. blah. What the fuck's the Brit doing? <laughs> See, I think I think you need to just to avoid any embarrassment from now on. Never, ever use a knife and fork. I, Only man style eat. <laughs> I swear. Ice cream doesn't matter. I I swear I could have taken that knife to someone's neck around the table and got less of a reaction than I did when they thought I was about to start eating with the knife and fork. This all seems very normal, yeah. <laughs> All right, there's a bunch of music news we need to get to and also uh, new songs of the week forthcoming. Uh, Previous results, California by Churches was New York producer's choice with 32% of the vote. Jeremy went with uh, Jail by Kanye with Jay-Z, 21%. And of course, William Shatner and uh, Joe Jonas won. Just the fact that they didn't get 100% though is so disappointing. I don't know. There was, uh, yeah, really. I mean, it's- uh, Shatnerites, where you're at? Where are you at? Maybe like him teaming up with the Jonas Brothers is- is, is what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. If it was another album with Ben Folds, it would have been hundred percent. If it was, if it was one of the other Jonas Brothers, if it was like the the old one that no one cares about, people would have been all about it. Forty seven percent for Clouds of Guilt by Shatner and Joe Jonas. Uh, three new songs uh, plus a bunch of music news coming in part two of Did You America. All right, let's do uh, part two of today's Did You America, a reset for Song of the Week. You can vote via the website, didyouamerica.com, or we will have a poll on my Twitter where I'm at Ian Camfield. Master Donna back. I'm going with their new song, Pushing the Tides. Uh, this week, I'm going with the new song by Common and Brittany Howard, Saving Grace. And uh, New York producer has chosen I Don't Want to Talk by Glass Animals. So Glass Animals with I Don't Want to Talk, Saving Grace by Common and Brittany Howard, or Pushing the Tides by Mastodon, DidYouAmerica.com, or have a vote via my Twitter, where I am at Ian Camfield. All right, bunch of music news that I want to get to on uh, today's episode. Elton John moved James Hetfield to tears. Now... 
Every so often I read these fan forums where people will say, oh, Metallica aren't any good anymore. Ever since James Hetfield got sober, he became a pussy and he can't even sound angry when he sings and he writes all these really pussy words and tries to go away and get angry now and he can't do it because he isn't dealing with his inner demons anymore. And all it took was Elton John to say that Nothing Else Matters was one of the greatest songs ever and he's suddenly like, oh God. I mean, to be fair, he was crying probably more than Metallica's record label did when they first heard the album with Lou Reed. Wait, is this a real story? Is this the latest episode of Glenn and Harry? <laughs> Henry, Glenn and Henry, damn it. <laughs> um, no, this is a real story. They're doing the 30th anniversary of the Black Album, I guess it is. So people have been doing different covers and uh, Miley Cyrus has been, lots of people have been covering them, right? Yeah. Um, I think the best part about it is that like, I mean, you know, as a fan of Metallica, Black Album, obviously one of the greatest albums of all time. But as like the casual listener probably only knows like three or four songs. So like seven different people now have covered Nothing Else Matters. Right. Like everyone's covering Nothing Else Matters. So I guess like Metallica is like, hey, yeah, we're going to sing it with Miley Cyrus. But then uh, Phoebe Bridgers did one. Chris Stapleton did one. I did one. It was beautiful. I w- One thing I did notice from this video, so I think it was meant as a surprise, like, oh, hang on, here's Elton John to, uh, you know, uh, give uh, give Metallica some credit. Right. Do you remember when um, they there was that great uh, Together at Home concert and all these big artists did uh, uh, acoustic things on Zoom to bring everyone together when the pandemic first hit? Right. That was the one that he did on like a basketball court that had clearly never been used. Was he on a basketball court? It was court? something Elton? like that. All I remember is he was, it was just him and a piano and it sounded absolutely dreadful to the extent and I just was like oh my god what happened to Elton and then I suddenly thought well you only really see and hear hear him in those kind of Vegas settings now and maybe when there's a whole Vegas like huge band around him there's enough to cover up for the fact that his whole voice seems to have gone but the the observation that I made because it was because he was literally like on that together at like he's singing I'm still standing so he sounded oh, yeah everyone understood that him, right him singing I'm still standing he's he's kind of tone was the tone of someone that you meet in one of those middle of nowhere diners on a freeway who you know when they serve you is about to say something terribly racist <laughs> that's that was his tone of like right. so my grandmother right so yeah who probably doesn't have any teeth and I said at the time, I think he needs to get his teeth done because it sounded like he either didn't put his teeth in or he put the wrong set of teeth in. I think and we made a bunch of wooden teeth jokes around that time. I, I vaguely like, remember maybe that. Maybe he needs some singing teeth. And so anyway, on this video that had James Hetfield tear, tearing up, Elton was just talking, but he's all gummy. And I, he's become like, now I'm experienced with this because my nan, her teeth fell out. She, she died like 20 years ago. She never got any. They just fell out well, they at won- once? No, one by one. They, oh they, my they, they God. went and rather than getting rather than getting dentures because she was so blue collar she just carried on eating made her gums hard so she conditioned she conditioned her gums so she could eat food without any teeth what a beast and her nickname was Jaws I bet it was <laughs> but she didn't have to sing I'm Still Standing and, and she did but it wasn't very good <laughs> well she could eat a lot more proficiently than Elton can now sing <laughs> right I would say that but I'm watching him talk to this interview on, on with, uh, with with Jane Setford and I'm like he 
famously was one of the first people to get a hair transplant in the 80s. Like, you could sort out the top of your head, sort out your mouth. Right. Because that's why he's like, <laughs> and I don't know. When I watched it, I was like, is James Hetfield reduced to tears because he's like so it's so heartwarming to him that Elton John said that nothing else matters is one of the best songs ever or is he reduced to tears by thinking oh my god it's going to sound as bad as he did on Together at Home if you start saying nice <laughs> yeah, he was definitely crying he was like what happened to Elton the other thing is is like everyone's just assuming that like he was tearing up because Elton said that about the song like if you watch the video, he just kind of rubs his eyes. He might have just been like, oh, God, I can't understand a word he's saying. When this could be over so <laughs> Lars can keep talking? <laughs> yeah. I used to have to do all the talking. Now we make Lars do it because everyone finally realized he just has the weirdest voice cadence of anyone ever. <laughs> yeah, it was... Um... It was, it was, it was definitely a moment. But I don't understand. Like someone needs to say to Elton, you know, they could get those, you get those teeth done, and then you know, you wouldn't sound like a homeless person outside a subway station trying to do an Elton John cover, which is kind of like where where, where we are now. That's what I noticed: the gumminess, the gumminess of it all. Well, you know, hopefully for this final, you know, farewell tour that's never happening, but is actually happening, but isn't is going to be the real farewell tour. Is he doing that? Eventually, it's going to happen. I'm just hoping that he brings the teeth for the tour. Well, I see. I think when he's doing those shows, he doesn't need them because I think I've seen footage of those, and he just comes out in one of his ridiculous outfits and sits at the piano like Liberace, like turned like going, right, ah! <laughs> and and the, the the band are all around him, and you've got like all the razzmatazz and everything. Thing there's else. a lot so, of distraction. There's a lot of distraction from the fact you because re- all you you like you maybe that like you the, the glasses are huge and the the clothing is huge to distract from the fact that he's got no teeth in his mouth. Right. All of a sudden, Lil Nas X is twerking on stage. No one's paying attention to the fact that Elton can't sing. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's like what's going on. And I just and and but when it's all kind of like stripped down, it's just like and maybe he's just got that age where he's got maybe he can still do it, but he's forgetful. Like David Furnish should be. Going going, Elton, did you put your teeth in? You're about to talk to Metallica. Put your teeth in. Put your teeth in. <laughs> well, you know, when uh, a few episodes ago when we were talking about Charlie Watts passing away and, you know, I brought up this tour of all the singers who are probably going to die soon and all the bands who probably won't be together yeah. much longer all on one giant tour, I think officially we can throw Elton and his teeth on that list. If he brings his singing teeth, I'd have him playing piano for the Stones. That'd be beautiful. I've always said that my dream is for a Super Bowl show to star Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch doing a comeback to sing Good Vibrations. And the way you bring them back is during the like 30-second piano solo, boom. Elton John, Billy Joel, get them up there with them. <laughs> now you have a full-on show. It's not just Mark Wahlberg singing a rap song that's probably should have been cancelled by now. Right. Not because it's inappropriate, but because it's terrible. Are we bringing Brian Wilson to that event for Good Vibrations? You know what? They could do like a battle of the Good Vibration bands back and forth. All of a sudden, they, all of a sudden Kanye runs on stage, says something extremely inappropriate, boom. You have a great show. Who needs Janet Jackson's titty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You look at um, Brian Wilson there and people sort of say, you know, he's not mentally all there and he's not in that much of a healthy state and everything else. And But I always look at him and I think, well, that all may be true, but he he 
went to bed for three years and only ate birthday cake. And that is one hell of a payoff. Like, I think if you could afford to just eat birthday cake and stay in bed for three years, is it worth being that fucked up for the next 30 years afterwards? That is my literal dream. I Of all the foods you can eat in bed, cake, top 10 food. I mean, if I knew about that part of his life when I was at school and they ask you, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? I'd have just said bed and birthday cake. Make- I mean, that's, that's literally <laughs> right. was my ambition. It, it makes you think, maybe he was better off with the doctor that was stealing all his money. <laughs> right, exactly. Just giving him cake. Right. Giving him cake. <laughs> literally, the doctor's thing was let him eat cake. Right, let him it. eat cake. He invented that. <laughs> um, there's other music news um, this week about Ice Cube, who he claims almost killed a guy over 20 bucks. That's and rational. Th- well, this was when he was young. It uh, predates uh, NWA. A kid uh, swindled his mum out of 20 bucks and uh, he went out for vengeance with a weapon. And uh, I guess he was talking on some podcast and basically saying like, this was, you know, this was his, his background and how he was growing up. And it was luckily f- for everyone involved that the kid wasn't home because he would have killed him and nobody uh, should die over uh, 20 bucks. Um, I see Ice Cube be interviewed and you see him do acting and stuff like that and he comes across as uh, you know a, a pretty well spoken um, pretty relaxed guy until you listen to about 50% of his music and it the first time I went to, I went to the movie theatre to see that NWA what was it was it called Straight Outta Compton the, it was, the movie right it was indeed um, I went to see that and my takeaway from that was the bit where uh, Ice Cube leaves the band and does that first solo album, and he's got that track on it called No Vaseline that's yeah. like having a go at the management that ripped them off. Now, I understand that he was angry, and the whole point of going solo was I'm going to like take pot shots at you for like running off with my money. But that was possibly the most angry, vengeful song I've ever heard in my life. And he's got this tone of voice where if he's slightly angry and he's rapping, it's literally, just, it doesn't matter what the words are, the, the to- tone it's just going there was one time when I used to live in Phoenix there was a park opposite my apartment complex and he was headlining uh, they had like a three day festival there one day and they had EDM acts on other days that were using a lot of bass none of them shook my windows like Ice Cube did because his tone is just so aggressive on those songs. Well, what did you expect? It's not called with Vaseline. It's no <laughs> Vaseline. That shit's going to be rough. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i definitely a big Ice Cube fan. I, you know, I think some of these stories, though, now I'm not calling out his street cred or, you know, the way he grew up or anything, but if you listen to older interviews, he kind of always talks about how him and Dr. Dre were kind of like music nerds that didn't really do anything. So even though they had homies in the gang, like that's why they didn't roll with any specific gangs. And like, you know, while all their friends were doing that, like they were just at their house, like writing rhymes and trying to come up with music. So it does kind of make me question at, you know, 14, 15, maybe 16, was he really trying to kill someone over 20 hours? Or now living up to the I'm Ice Cube, I'm crazy, no Vaseline, I'm going to say I killed this guy over $20 because that's not with Vaseline. That is a no Vaseline move. I um, have never studied the lyrics to no Vaseline, but my takeaway from for how aggressive the clip of it that was used in the straight out of Compton movie sounded like, I just think it's like a list of things that it would be really, really painful to do 
without Vaseline. <laughs> yeah, no. Vaseline would definitely have helped that situation. Was the was the, you know, the sort of payoff of being nice, the Stone Temple Pilots song called Vaseline? Was that like the opposite <laughs> end of that? Was that like That's the, see, that's with Vaseline. <laughs> like Scott Wyland went to the studio one day like high on coke and was like, "Hey, I've been listening to No Vaseline by Ice Cube," but the rest of them were like, "No, we're not into class A's. We're into more dope smoking. Why don't we do a song called Vaseline?" That's Clearly my- Scott Wyland was like, "Have you ever tried it with no Vaseline that hurts no thank you but that was the thing as I said I've seen loads of interviews with Ice Cube and he, and he, he comes across as quite relaxed and, and, and very articulate but that song and I'm not overly familiar with his back catalogue and that gig um, the like just him on stage making my window shake and it's because like the because the, the everything tonally is just like so aggressive so again without studying it I'm like that is one of the greatest, like, I'm going to take revenge songs ever, ever, ever. For sure. Oh, no. I mean, that that is almost the invention of the diss track. You know, that's a staple of rap and hip hop is, you know, calling out your enemies. And a lot of people can argue that that kind of started there. So I was reading this story over the weekend and thinking, oh, we'll talk about that in the um, the podcast. And then I thought, like, okay, if that's like the the most over-the-top, like, vengeful song. What's another vengeful song that's at the complete opposite end of the spectrum? And I remembered this song, and you're no one's going to have heard of this song. Of course. And you won't have heard of this artist, so I have to give you the context. And as I was putting this in my notes, I thought... Jeremy and I are going to speak about this on the podcast today because this will be a good bit. But if I attempted to do this when we're employed to do a morning show on the radio, I'm going to have some consultant who's going to go, Ian, you can't do 10 minutes on a song from the 1950s written and sung by Roger Moore's ex-wife about how much she fucking hated him because no one knows about this. But this, I'm telling you, although it's a completely different thing to Vaseline by Ice Cube, I'm now about to combine them. All right, well, just get ready because after this story, I'm sure we're going to have to contact the people of James Bond to let them know that we now have the new Bond song since we're (laughs) rebooting all the annoying stuff about the James Bond franchise. So before he was famous, right... Roger Moore was married to this woman called Dorothy Squires, who okay. was who was an actress in the UK, re- reasonably famous. And um, she was an older woman, and they were married for a period of time. And basically, as soon as he got success, he walked out on her, and she never, ever got over the fact that basically she got dumped by Roger Moore, and her career like went down. And it basically drove her insane. There was... I, I forget what the term is for this, but she became so litigious, she kind Kind of got, she she got banned from going to court or something ridiculous. Um, she they uh, wouldn't let her sue people anymore. Let me do a, do a search Come on, on Google it. for Dorothy Squires and litigious because she basically and I think like she developed like an alcohol problem and she was one of these kind of like old school singers that was just. Um, d- does it does it say anything? She she got blo- She's got she got given a term. It's like she invented. A t- there's a there's an article from 1998 that's literally headlined "Better Than Sex: The Joys of Litigation." And it's about her, <laughs> but they said to her like they, they branded her something like a litigious deviant or something like that. I forget what I forget I forget what it was. There was there was a t- uh, vexatious litigation. Vexatious litigation. There you go. Vexatious litigation. (laughs) Right. So 
she's so I can read <laughs> she's so like ridiculously over the top and she's got this song called I the chosen one right and it's basically like me too 50 years before me too oh, wow. and it's like a situation with like all of the wrongs that men have done to women but it's basically just her having a go at Roger Moore the entire time what you what Oh, no, I'm just sorry. I started reading and not actually listening. What does it say? No, I mean, she was just very litigious. She was constantly suing every, like, situation she could, just being like, I have money. Guess what I can do? Right, exactly, exactly. So she kind of went crazy because Roger Moore sent her over the age and he became James Bond and blah, 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 blah. But there's this song called I the Chosen One, which is basically her. She's got this very posh uh, English accent over, like, an orchestral piece of music. And it is the most over-the-top revenge song about someone who's been wronged and it goes on for like six minutes and it's i don't even know how to put it into context because it's it's like so the opposite to um no vaseline but in terms of just how the level of just like mankind men in general the worst thing ever is basically what she spends five minutes saying in this song in this posh like uh british accent and the only thing is that at the end of it she should have just when the music like faded out just went damn you roger <laughs> <laughs> just steal it no no that's the other damn damn it damn it i was thinking never mind william shatner exactly that's the other that's the other damn it so i, I so they're they're like decades and decades apart but in terms of like the, the the level of like revenge and animosity very much equally there i think she actually has a writing credit on no vaseline <laughs> She really hated Eazy E. You thought Ice Cube hated. That's the part they left out of Straight Outta Compton. If she went up to, uh, the, the, they do the interview with uh, Ice Cube. He's like, "Well, I was listening to a lot of Dorothy Squires." <laughs> so inspired. Do you know that woman who was married to Roger Moore? <laughs> <laughs> she was like. <laughs> And it was just like, as I said, so over the top in terms of like, where I'm wondering if I can let me hang on one second, everybody. I'm just gonna you gonna look up. The I'm song? gonna look up the song. I was gonna say, I feel like by now this is like the third or fourth really obscure song from like the '60s or the '70s or the '80s that you've shown me. Every single one of them has been like horribly awesome. Um, let's have a look. Oh, see, I go to uh, damn lyrics and it says, we don't have the lyrics to this one, but you can help us by submitting it. I might have chosen a song that's so obscure, it doesn't actually exist I on think, the interwebs. I think you just found yourself a new hobby for the week, <sighs> filling out these lyrics. I wish we could... Um, um, no, I can't find it. Okay, I think it's on Spotify. If you put it that, see, this is maybe the consultant will be right by going. They don't have the lyrics, but they have it on Spotify. There's no chance the song's on Spotify. Look it up. Either right, chosen, either chosen one by Dorothy right. Squires. This is this is really interesting. Maybe someone should talk. No, no, I'm oh, waiting okay. for the. Yeah, I'm waiting for the. They have it on YouTube. <sighs> Okay, this is what this is. Everyone who's listening to this podcast now, this is your homework before the next episode, right? I want you to go away, listen to I the Chosen One by Dorothy Squires. She presents it as like this is her rectifying all of the wrongs that men have done. But really, it's just the fact that Roger Moore walked out on her in 1950 something. 
and then compare it to no Vaseline, and, <laughs> and let me know, and, and let me know which, which goes harder. Which yeah, let me know which one goes harder. I I think we all know which one's gonna go harder. <laughs> Dorothy, the original no Vaseline queen. Oh yeah, because if you go down to like when it got to the nineteen uh, nineteen nineties, she sued Ice Cube for plagiarism. <laughs> Is something about a strap on and using something? Never mind. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, if you want to get in touch, we are at didyouamerica.com. Uh, you can send us messages there if you want to vote for Song of the Week. You can do that there. You can also talk to us on the socials, Ian Camfield on Twitter or Camfield off the radio uh, if you want to talk to us on Instagram. And uh, as I said, your task between now and when we return, either chosen one by Dora. In fact, we sh- this should have been Song of the Week. Yeah. <laughs> you can vote for Song of the Week, but you can also send us feedback back as to which song is the best theme right. for vengeance new rule it could either be a current song or a song from the 1950s <laughs> either chosen one by dorothy squires or no vaseline by ice cube <laughs> thanks for listening to this one